Good evening. I am Whitney Lear and I am trying something new. I am doing my chapter, chapter nine, as a podcast and I'm calling it Apps to Munch On and Mocktails. Um, and I just sort of did a play on words, but I'm going to talk about the chapter as well as some antidotes that I have from my own experience in the classroom. And hopefully give you some insights about ways that you can help your students with audio and video production. So this is chapter nine, using apps for audio and video production. And in this chapter, we're working on really focusing on our learners who learn best listening and our learners who learn best with visual presentation. So of course, our ELA standards at the beginning of our chapter really focus on technology at the forefront for students in today's education platform. Um, and some of the, the standards um, want students to use technology to publish their work and to back up their thinking, as well as synthesize many different types of information. So no longer are students simply reading a book and writing a report. They want them to be able to comprehend what they're reading and then respond in a way that really organizes their information, really brings it together and uses technology as well. They want them to be able to integrate multiple sources of information. And then they also want our newest leaders to be able to follow digital literacy practices as they go. Um, something that really interesting that I found in my research as I was starting this chapter is that the latest generation is called Generation Alpha. And this generation has their identity wrapped up in electronics and um, digital platforms and, of course, apps. Um, they are permanently connected. So whereas other generations may remember a time when technology was not so integrated into their everyday life, Generation Alpha will be permanently connected through um, many different apps, technologies, and of course, AI. So I just thought that was really interesting. And um, we as teachers and librarians have to meet that need as well. So the first thing that the chapter addresses is that um, using audio is where students listen and learn from podcasts, audiobooks, and music. So that's one way that they can learn. Um, and of course, we know especially the younger the student is, the more likely that that listening component is helpful. Um, research shows that students actually learn through listening um, up until about third grade and then their reading comprehension their own personal reading abilities outweigh their listening comprehension um, but until that point those students really need to listen to things and it helps many different types of learners like ELL learners and EC learners as well one of the things that the book really emphasizes is having students with reading fluency and word recognition issues to listen to audio versions of text that they struggle with to help them be on an even playing field with some of their classmates. I know um, with one of my personal antidotes 
um, I use the app Epic. Um, it's a great app for K-8 and it really helps students. They can listen to books online and that way they have some success in the classroom. Maybe while the class is doing their, their, their silent sustained reading, that student can be listening and also still getting some, some comprehension. Um, audio is also so useful, the book says. Um, Beach and O'Brien say that audio is useful for ELLs or second and world language learners. Um, students can create and listen to YouTube videos and it can help them in literature classes. They can record themselves reading aloud. Additionally, um, when we think about audio files and podcasts, um, audio files are often very easy to save. Um, once again, the book says that audio files are simply files that are saved on the computer or server. And in contrast, podcasts are audio files typically organized as a series of files associated with a topic or radio show with an RSS feed that allows viewers to subscribe, users to subscribe to those podcasts on sites such as iTunes or links on a blog. So if you're looking for simplicity, um, just the audio podcasts are great. I know I'll kind of explain how I set this one up at the end of the presentation. Um, and some great audio apps that you can use and even listen to are CNN Student News, Rock Our World app, and it talks about, um, and also e-languages. Students can learn in different languages. And students also indicated that podcasts about the course content help them review material. Um, instead of having to look through notes, they could listen to audio. When we think about um, podcasts, we can get those from places like iTunes and um, iTunes U. And then some great podcasts that the book recommends are Podomatic, Podcaster, Eyecatcher, RSS Radio, and Pocket Cast. In my own personal experience, uh, I had a little bit of trouble setting this up. I thought it was going to be a little easier than it was. Um, and so I thought originally I thought I was going to use Podbean, which appears to be um, a pretty good site. But a lot of these sites, a lot of these podcast sites really, they, they get you signed up, but you only have so many hours free or then you have to pay. So the way that I'm doing this podcast is with RSS feed. And so far I really like it. I am, I'm recording my audio on a voice memo on my MacBook, and then I'll upload that voice memo into RSS feed. And hopefully you guys will see this in a week or two. Um, and then as far as podcasts that you can produce, students can create their own podcast um, and they can be used for a variety of different presentations. Um, it could be lectures, presentations, demonstrations, um, panel discussions, history speeches, providing feedback on um, each other's work, as well as maybe getting their, their feedback from a teacher. And then some more apps for creating podcasts are GarageBand. Um, I tried that one on here, but it was not accepting my microphone. Um, but GarageBand is one that the book highly recommends. SoundCloud, Vocaroo, Audio Revolution, 
uh, virtual recorder. Um, and then there's also apps for studying and creating music. I think there's a whole there's a whole gamut for that, and that would be great for music teachers and um, courses that go higher up into high school, um, and they can be used for the creation or just studying. Um, iTunes is a great place for students to be exposed to the music. And then as far as also being exposed to music and listening to music, TuneIn Radio, Pandora, Spotify, Rhapsody, Slacker Radio. I know in my own classroom, I oftentimes use Pandora just to give my students some background noise. I feel like, you know, our, our latest generations really need a multitude. They really need, I don't want to use the word distractions, but they need a multitude of things going on at once. They can handle that. Their brain almost needs that. So, and then if they want to produce music, there's lots of apps for that. Pocket Piano, Guitar Pro, My Drum Pad, Groove Mixer, Musical Studio are some ones that they can use to produce their own music. And what an outlet for them. You know, not every student is going to find success in the world of, of English. And so giving them a creative outlet through music is always awesome. Then the chapter turns a little less on auditory learning and more on visual um, and using video. One of the things that it discusses is the flipped classroom. And I actually did a presentation on the text and tools in this classroom on flipped classrooms and how flipped classrooms can really change the dynamic of a class instead of using 45 minutes of the class to review the homework and go over questions the class has already been exposed to the material, they've done their research, they've done their homework, and then the teacher can interact for that 45 minutes and really teach and take the lesson further with the flipped classroom. Um, and some of the sites that the book offers are Khan Academy, which is a free website and great for students to learn through short video tutorials. And once again, that would be helpful in the flipped classroom aspect because they get you know, they may learn how to add fractions the night before and have somewhat of a concept so that they come in the classroom ready to um, continue to add fractions or to carry out that pizza order or whatever their teacher has for them to extend their lesson. They also have History Live. Um, and they also have some other ones that are helpful for school use that we've probably heard of before, YouTube. And YouTube has their educational site as well so that those don't get banned. Um, TED Talks, TeacherTube, BrainPop, Vimeo, Snag Films, those are just a few. And um, TED Talks are really good as well. I've used those before. Um, and they go on with some, some very relevant, very good ones. It talks about Amazon Prime. And if you're a member, there's lots of videos there that are available. Um, and many good apps. Um, it also talks about um, sometimes, um, I know especially during COVID, my county had to block YouTube at times because students were watching some very inappropriate things. And so then YouTube created YouTube EDU. So that's a great resource if your county has had to lock down the security on YouTube. 
Then, as we read further, O'Beach and O'Brien talk about, sorry, not O'Beach, just Beach, talk about, um, in Chapter 8, students can use video production apps for creating videos, so it kind of elaborates on that. And then it gives some great examples. In their math and science classes, students can use video to record science experiments. In social studies, science, or English classes in which students are conducting qualitative research, students can use videos to complement taking written field notes to record their observations or phenomenon. Um, then it talks a little bit more about some video production planning apps like Storyboarder, Storyboard, Storyboard Maker. So those are a great way for students to organize their thoughts. And that's so important, even more than the presentation, is what they're going to say beforehand. Um, and then some video editing apps, once they get that process started, are things like iMovie, Animoto Video Maker, Video Editor, Wii Video, Video Maker Pro. And students can make actual live videos or they can make animation videos. And that can sometimes be fun for students to take on sort of an alter ego in their animation videos. Um, I know right now in, in my classroom, my students have just finished the book, Ramona Quimby, age eight, and they're using an animation maker. Um, I think it's Animoto. And they are, they're able to figure it out so much faster than I am, but they're creating little um, animated presentations on Ramona and the different characters and um, what the characters would say or do or what, what setting they would be in. And so it's really been great as their teacher to see how they're connecting the dots that I would not have seen on a test or a paper um, seeing, you know, oh, you, you do see that Ramona is a really whimsical character by the way you are talking about her imagination. So um, I think sometimes those creation of those apps helps you see what they know better than just a paper or something that's more two-dimensional. Um, and then the chapter summarizes with um, that in this chapter we talked about creating audio and video and video productions for the use in the classroom that engage students in different literacies. Um, and you can create activities that exploit the affordances of sound or video for students to communicate their ideas in ways that engage their audiences. I feel like chapter nine was just a really good summary of the whole book itself and really talking about making learning interactive and making it more 3D for our next generation by using apps for learning across the curriculum and really focused on literacy. So um, that is pretty much the end of my podcast. Um, I did try something new by doing this podcast. I used rss.com. So if you're interested in doing a podcast, I would highly recommend it, um, as well as possibly using podcast to um, flip your classroom and maybe discuss a topic with your students um, and then hear their thoughts the next day. Um, I'm also including a PowerPoint presentation with this podcast for those listeners who are more visual and um, it kind of hits the highlights of what this chapter discussed. So hopefully between those two different mediums, 
you will find something that works for you. And um, I hope that you have a great day. And I hope that you enjoyed Apps to Munch on and Mocktails. And thank you so much.